everyone. Welcome back to the Darkness Inside podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thank you for the support. Uh, so today I'm going to be covering a serial killer. I've been wanting to cover a serial killer for some time now. Ever since I started getting into true crime and um, I was actually going to go to school for forensic psychology. I've just had this interest in serial killers. And of course, it's not like an interest towards like what crimes they've committed of course that's like horrendous but what interests me is their brain what goes on in their brain how are their brains different from someone that you know is a normal person like myself and uh you guys out there there's uh so many debates like that uh when it comes down to nature versus nurture and what i mean by that is uh is a serial killer already born this way or are they made this way so the nature aspect of course it's like the biology are they born this way and then the nurture aspect would be is someone's upbringing the reason uh why they end up becoming a serial killer the definition of a serial killer is a person that kills three or more people in a period of over a month and between kills there's a cooling period the killer is often driven by a psychological thrill or pleasure So today I'm going to be telling you about Edmund Kemper, known as the co-ed killer. Ed Kemper was 6'9 and 300 pounds who terrorized California during the 1960s and the 1970s. He is suspected of killing at least 10 known people. It's crazy because so during this time that Ed was killing, there was actually two more serial killers terrorizing California. So it was uh, Herbert Mullen and the Zodiac Killer, but today I'm going to be telling you about Ed Kemper. So let's start out with his childhood because I feel when a person is capable of such violence, we have to analyze their childhood. So Ed uh, was born December 18, 1948 in Burbank, California to Clarnell Elizabeth Kemper and Edmund Emil Kemper II. He also had two sisters. Uh, His mother was an alcoholic, and some even believe that she had borderline personality disorder. His father was a World War II veteran who describes that wartime was nothing compared to living with Clarnell. She would yell at him and belittle him because he had a job as an electrician. She also believed that her son, Ed, shouldn't be coddled because she didn't want him to turn into a homosexual. As a boy, Ed Kemper developed dark fantasies. He killed animals, decapitated his sister's dolls, and invented disturbing games. In his later interviews in prison, he recalls liking the sound of the head popping off of the body of the dolls. He made his sisters play gas chamber or electric chair. He made them pretend like if they were marching him to death. He even stalked his second grade teacher with his father's bayonet. At the age of 10, disturbing behavior escalated to actual violence. He killed both family cats, he buried one of the cats alive and later dug it up and decapitated the cat. In 1957, Ed's parents would get a divorce and he would leave the family. With uh, his father gone, gone, his mother would take out her anger on him. She made him sleep in the basement because she claimed that he might hurt his sisters. She berated and insulted him. She told Ed that no woman would ever love him. At the age of 14, Ed ran away to his father's house. But his father had already remarried and had a new family already. So he sent him to live with his grandparents. 
Living with his grandparents was no better. He describes his grandfather as weak and his grandma as uh, was emasculating. She uh, was always hopping on the opportunity of showing, you know, that she had more balls, excuse my language, than men did. He said about that time that um, he became, like, basically he was a ticking time bomb. And then he finally blew. Uh, so just a little caution, this uh, episode is going to have some graphic content. Uh, so I'm just giving you guys a warning. Just in case uh, some of you don't like this stuff, I understand. So, Ed Kemper's first victims were actually his grandparents. He was 15 years old when on August 27, 1964, Ed got into another explosive argument with his grandmother. This time, Ed would shoot his grandmother in the head with his grandfather's 22 caliber rifle. When he saw his grandfather walking up the driveway, Ed shot him also. In later interviews, he would explain that he just wanted to see what it felt like to kill his grandma. And that he killed his grandfather so he wouldn't find out that his wife was dead. Ed, after the murders, called his mother and she told him to call the cops and to wait until they got there. Edmund Kemper was sent to the criminally insane unit of the Atascadero State Hospital. There, the doctors determined that he had paranoid schizophrenia, but a very impressive IQ of 145. Ed would stay there until his 21st birthday. He was released, and then he went to go live with his mother in UC Santa Cruz. While being like in At- the Atascadero uh, State Hospital, he was basically like the model patient. He really thrived in that environment, and that's how he was able to be released. And even his juvenile record was sealed. He really tried living a normal life. Uh, but was denied a job as a state trooper because he was apparently too too big. Like I said, Ed was 6'9 and 300 pounds. He decided to take a job in the Department of Transportation. He drove all around California and noticed that many women were hitchhiking. So this is the 70s already. So, you know, it's there, you know the 70s. You know, there was a lot of hitchhiking going on. Uh, so basically, a lot of serial killers a lot of killers picked up hitchhikers so he started giving them rides he says that at first he was just trying to get acquainted with people his age you know because he had been uh in a state hospital from 15 to 21 so he kind of missed out on like that whole experience of like being a teenager you know like being in your 20s and then you just get thrown out there and you kind of you're kind of stunted uh like mentally socially all of that so he picked up over a hundred girls without incident but his urge to kill could not be suppressed any longer in 1972 ed kemper would come to be known as the co-ed killer on may 7 kemper picked up two fresno state students 18 year old anita lukesa and 18 year old marianne pesh near berkeley california Ed Kemper brought the women to a secluded wooden area. He intended to rape them, but he panicked. Instead, he stabbed them and choked them to death. He stuffed their bodies in his trunk and drove to his home in Alameda, California. On his way home, which is about a 20-minute drive from Berkeley to Alameda, he got stopped by the cops due to a broken taillight. 
but the cart was not searched or else the cops would have discovered the two bodies. He went home. So this is like where the... I'm going to warn you guys that it does get a little graphic. He went home, dismembered the bodies, and disposed of the body parts in the Loma Prieta Mountains. On September 14, 1972, Ed, um, Ed picked up a 15-year-old girl who was hitchhiking named Aiko Ku, who had missed her bus and didn't want to be late to her dance class, and that's why she decided to hitchhike. During this time, during this, so Kemper actually locked himself out of the car, but the teenager had no idea how to start the car. Ed Kemper spent almost an hour begging her to let him in in the car. He told her that he wouldn't kill her, you know, like, so bizarrely, he convinced the 15-year-old and she let him back in the car. Once inside, he choked her, raped her, and killed her. He put her in his trunk. He recalls how much pride he felt. He said he admired his catch like a fisherman. Kemper soon started risking getting caught. He enjoyed that thrill of almost getting caught. He actually hung out in a bar called The Jury Room, which was very popular among police officers. He made friends with the local cops who called him Big Ed. In 1973, he moved in with his mother and would murder three more students that he picked up around uh, the UC Santa Cruz campus. That's where his mother worked. He would bury the severed heads in his mother's garden, and he would bury them looking up at his mother's window. He later would say that he did this because he said that his mother uh, always wanted people to look up to her. So the target, uh, psychologists believe that the target this whole time had been his mother, and that living with her again brought back everything that he had endured during his childhood. On April 20, 1973, Ed Kemper bludgeoned his mother with a claw hammer. He decapitated her and raped her severed head. He also used his mother's uh, head as a dartboard, and he screamed at her head for about an hour. As, so, as a cover story, he invited his mother's best friend over. He was going to tell this whole story about how his mother and friend had gone on vacation, but he also murdered her best friend. Uh, her name was Sally Haley. They And then he stole her car. He drove to Colorado and thought that he would soon see the two murders on TV. When four days had gone by and he had not heard about the murders on TV, he pulled over to a phone booth in Pueblo, Colorado, and he called his friends at the Santa Cruz Police Department. He confessed to everything he had done. At first, the police did not believe him. You know, this is like a guy that they literally hung out with. And they even gave him, gave him the big uh, name. Like, you know, they would call him Big Ed. So they didn't believe him. He thought that he was just joking around. But Ed knew things that only the co-ed killer knew. So once arrested, his trial began. He pleaded insanity, but he, uh, psychologists considered him legally sane. They considered him that he was highly intelligent. He knew what he was doing uh, at the time of the murders. He was very, like, calculated in the way he killed. So his trial only lasted three weeks and is convicted and was convicted of eight counts of murder. The judge actually asked Kemper what he thought would be a good punishment, and Ed replies, death by torture. So at the time, California had suspended capital punishment, so he was sentenced to life. He was only 22 when he killed his mother, and then he was sent to Vacaville 
medical prison where to this day he is still at. Ed Kemper was one of the first uh, 36 convicted killers to be interviewed by the BSU. So the BSU is the Behavioral Science Unit. It's part of the FBI. And um, they deal with like profiling and all those things like uh, stuff like that. At this time, the term serial killer hadn't even um, wasn't even a term in the FBI's uh, in the FBI's like lingo, you can say. Um, so John Douglas, the man that inspired the show Mindhunters on Netflix, says that his uh, mother broke him, and he believes that Ed Kemper was made this way. This show, Mindhunters, guys, if you are into true crime and you want to, like, know how this BSU uh, came up with this term, like, all the interviews they did with, like, convicted killers at the time, this is the show, like, I really love this show. Like, I've watched it, like, four times already. Like, it's a really good show. It's very, like, informative. It's just, like, crazy how they go in there and, like, interview these killers. And, you know, eventually they come up with the term serial killer and then, like, the term mass murderer. Because there is a difference between a serial killer and a mass murderer. Um, So, this is the show. Like, if you guys... I recommend it. It's called Mindhunters. It's on Netflix. So, this guy, John Douglas, was the one that... you know inspired this show so Ed Kemper mostly um, murdered women who were coeds in their teens to mid 20s he uh, that attended the same college where his mother worked at or nearby campuses Uh, many of his murders happened after arguments with his mother all of his victims during his serial killer period except his mom and Sally were hitchhikers he killed in various ways, including shooting, stabbing, or strangling. He would take the remains to his room and perform experiments on the bodies after he was done. With the bodies, he threw the body parts into a ravine and would bury the heads in the garden. That was his type. So all serial killers have a type. And they have an MO. Like we could go into Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy only went for girls who had like brownish light like light brown hair and it turns out that it was because that was the same hair color that his mother had so serial killers are very like they're very particular in who they attack and it usually just goes back to their childhood like ed like he honestly like like um so he would go killing after having an explosive argument with his mother so I feel like his mother was like his triggering point and then um, when he ended up killing his mom and that was it he says because emotionally he was done killing so that's why they believe that his like his mother had was like the target all along so maybe he like thought when like maybe his mother came into his head when um, he was killing these other girls. So the BSU learned a lot by interviewing Ed Kemper. He was highly intelligent and he loved to talk. Like he just loved talking. And um, that you can see that in the show Mindhunters. Like the guy that plays Ed Kemper. You, it's like 
it's literally like talking to like the real Ed Kemper. There's a lot of interviews out there on YouTube that you guys can watch. Serial killers are highly intelligent and sometimes that's how they manage to stay under the radar for such a long time and that's what makes them so dangerous. So let me know what you think about this. Uh, is it as easy as nature versus nurture or is it a bit of both? In my in my opinion, I think it's a bit of both. Like sometimes, you know, our brains like we're born, you know, like with chemical imbalances and stuff like genetically, like chemical imbalances, stuff like that. Um, but just the way and then the nurture part is like if you're born into like this family who kind of doesn't care about you. You know, it's just, it like plays into that as well. Uh, so this is all I have for you on today's epi- episode. Thank you for listening and supporting. Follow me on Instagram and, you know, shoot me some recommendations. Thank you. Stay safe. See you in the next episode. And remember, be aware of the darkness inside. <laughs>